The Soul of Detroit presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm M.L. Elric. Many of you within the sound of my voice will be present at the birth of the 21st century. Some among us were born a little too early for that. We'll just have to sit around and guess what life in the 2000s may be like. And one person's guess is as good as another's. Except for the scientists, who claim to have sort of an inside track on the future. They think, some of them, that they know where we're headed. Mark, the instruments here are going crazy. I think what we've been suspecting all along may already be happening. Sean. I'm almost sure of it. Get into your choppers and head north immediately. Don't stop for a thing. It may be the end of the world. You asked to rock your choppers. Right right my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay. You want to go right now? Well, hello, my good friends. We have a jam-packed show for you here today at the Soul of Detroit. Uh, Mark, were you a little happier with this week's intro? Yeah, it was super easy. Thank you. I, I thought I, I thought it- you undersold the mark on the edit. It just kind of... I don't know if that's false modesty or what. I don't like saying it. my own name. Really? Okay. Well, I can relate. It's... Uh, you don't a, like saying uh, my name either, Sean? Is that I saying? love saying your name. I don't like saying my name. Mike <laughs> makes up for both of us a hundredfold. Repeatedly. There's a great Love and Rockets song where he says, uh, I am no exception, please call my name, but uh, no new tale to tell. I think we've done it on this show before. Bloop. But uh, yes, while, while, while he was supposed to be waiting to be introduced, Sean Windsor chimed in. So, Sean, it's great to have you back in studio. Wait, their rules. What the? After, uh, no, that's good. Because after being I was in just, Vegas. I was just telling was him at me. during the God, intro for... that he needs to participate more because the show's better when Sean Windsor participates. But then I'm stepping on Mikey's toes, and I don't know, especially when he's patting himself good, on the he back. Needs it. I mean, you know, I don't want to interrupt that. Well, then I... I Probably this is probably a bad time to to mention that that uh, if you are watching us on Facebook Live, which a few people do every week, that my hair is exactly modeled on the Spirit of Detroit statue now. It kind of looks exact like it, yeah. same. The curly cue, yeah, or there. big boy. Are you trying to take a Spartan or big boy and turn it which into Which one of you is Dolly? There? That's all I want to know. What? And which one of you is the little dog that used What's to run? Remember neck? Big Boy and Dolly? It's a gator. It's time to mask up, dude. I mean, is that your the mask? Delta variant is coming back. No, I masked up until I saw you. <laughs> oh, well, I guess you care. It's in the car. So, so thank you very much. Okay, well, that's going to do a lot of people good there. <laughs> um, uh, as you sit by yourself with your mask on, uh, like some sort of stalker. Uh, we have a lot of great stuff to talk about today. We have a little campaign news. Probably the most significant event to happen in any Detroit City Council race since uh, news broke that uh, the guy who I got in the council race to run against uh, is going to be cooperating with the feds in a public corruption scandal. Which was like a month ago. So. But, uh, but what well, about I'm our guests? This is the most significant thing since in then. a month. Okay, so, we'll hear uh, from them in a month. When the, when, the, when the nattering dies down, I'll introduce uh, <laughs> uh, Jason Weber, the author of a wonderful book about Prince, How Prince Saved Me and Other selections from the soundtrack to my life it's called purple bananas and then we have august gitschlag here who's going to be talking about i would call it the selic 
nine, but it's really the cell like eight. Magnum eight. Magnum, Magnum eight. Sorry. Presented by Bacardi. <laughs> presented by Bacardi. There you go. Yeah. It's Magnum eight presented by the people who sponsored his event, but not ours. So it would be the the Altus nine. Perhaps. Okay, but we'll get to that in a minute. I, I got to say, I feel like you're bearing the lead. What's that? It's Sean's birthday today, man. Oh, oh that's well, not the lead. What? That was uh, that was supposed to be a big surprise later in the show, but I guess... Was it real? Are you serious? Yeah. So, oh, all right, never mind. I'll, I'll, won't, I won't edit that out. It all ties in with Room 7609 and a bunch of other things we're doing, so... All right, uh, sorry, geez. So, Maybe we uh, got here on time. But, uh, um, <laughs> oh, hey, it, it's Sean's birthday today. Um... Happy Wait. birthday! Yeah, thank you, thank to you. He him. was late. He, he just, was late. I don't care. He just turned seventy nine. Uh, great to have yeah, you. Yeah, but here. I walk like I'm one hundred and ten, so that's the good part. Wow! Happy thirty eighth birthday. And he's available, ladies. So uh, <laughs> get, get those get those calls into the- Butterfield eight nine zero seven zero. That's three one three two eight eight nine zero. Maybe that's why nobody calls. They think it's a Sean Windsor Dateline. <laughs> <laughs> that be what the problem. You can just leave a comment. <laughs> if there's some ambiguity, let me clear that up right now. It's it's acceptable just to leave a comment. Nobody wants a fifty five year old with breasts. You know what I mean, dude. Well, the guy, yeah, yeah, dude. Wow, um, bald. Don't sell yourself that short. Come on. I mean, got, come on. Put your, little, your wife likes you, maybe. Put a little space between our sponsor I mean. read and that that visual. Um, <laughs> we, we actually have a new sponsor on the show this week. We're going a little out of order. Let me just warn uh, uh, Super Producer Joe um, that the uh, new sponsor is the Cadu Cafe. You are going way out of order, but well, God. because I didn't want to put our, our other sponsor right next to Naked Sean. I'm not sure that it's. But really the Cadu's okay. All right. Well, because. Beer goggles, okay. you know, they sell all the beer you need to Fair make enough. Sean look fantastic. Tell me oh, all about it. beer in the world. Including Altus, which they have uh, behind the bar. Uh, the Cadu Cafe presents 2021 Muscle Beach Music Festival, Thursday, September 2nd to Monday, September 9th. It's going to be in their 5,000 square foot beer garden known as Muscle Beach. That's M-U-S-S-E-L, because if you know the Cadu Cafe, they you know, they serve Belgian delicacies like mussels and all kinds of other great stuff. Muscles and frites, please. That's right. Um, you meant that. By the way, I'll be flexing on Muscle Beach there. Seems like you're flexing a little bit now. Stay in your, stay in your lane there, I'm Cowboy. I'm sorry. See, now, now you're getting mixed messages. I want more of you. He wants less of you. Well, no, no, no he wants okay. more of him. No, I just, I, just, I just want quality content. I mean, didn't you talk to yourself the whole way here? I feel like... Uh, I and mean, you've heard I, your voice for 45 minutes at least. I feel like I'm in that, um, that scene with... Uh, with um, Bruce Lee, where he's talking to the young guy about, um, you know, we need we need constructive content, whatever it is. You know How about the, this you know Kedju Cafe? Tell me all about it. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for not throwing us off. The five-day <laughs> festival pass is $25. The three-day fe- weekend pass is $20. Indiv- individual day tickets will be released shortly. It's $5 for Thursday, $10 for Friday or Saturday, $8 for Sunday, and $5 for Monday. Have you mentioned for what? For what it is? Yeah, it's a music festival. Oh, okay. It's the Muscle Beach Music Festival. It's the very first thing I said, as a matter of fact, <laughs> presented by the Cadu Cafe. Friday night, they're going to have Sonny Ludford with his band from the Carolinas. Uh, the Motor City Horns, which is led by, uh, by Bob Seeger, Silver Bullet Band, horn player, and uh, your proprietor at the Cadu Cafe, and sometimes guest on this show. That's a lot of buildup. John Rutherford. Um, uh, local favorite, the Hand Grenades, are going to be there. On Saturday, East Side favorites, the Mugs, will be doing their first show in two years. The Beggars will open for them. On Sunday, Grammy winner Andrew Dost 
premieres new songs and band. He's best known for his work with Fun, F-U-N, who uh, did horns, uh, who hired John to do horns on a few gigs. He's a Traverse City guy. They've also performed at the Motor City, uh, the Detroit Music Awards, and they are best known for three hit signals, singles. Sorry, it's been a long, long campaign that you've probably heard on the radio. We Are Young, mm -hmm. featuring Janelle Monet, Some Nights, and Carry On. Uh, we Are Young actually reached number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and Digital Songs chart. So there's a lot going on. Sunday, Kenny Tudrick, Zimmerman Twins are coming in from Toledo, which is where uh, which our first guest, uh, Jason uh, Weber, uh, uh, hails from. And the Scrappers are headlining, another East Side favorite. Monday, all kinds of new bands. Woots coming from Kalamazoo. So when you see them. And if you can't remember all this, kajucafe.com for all the info. What about yes. next September? I mean, excuse me. What about <laughs> September's calendar? You want to list that too? Uh, August spawned a monster, and his name is Sean. But um, we do have all that information on our website, which is mlsoulofdetroit.com. Somebody... Good joint. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So. <laughs> you all right? I'm ready for Roy O'Brien Ford now. And right. I think if you're ready for a new car, you're ready for Roy O'Brien. For 75 years. They have been serving people in St. Clair Shores at the corner of Nine Mile and Mac. If you want to get a car, you want to buy it, you want to lease it, you want a used car, you want a new car, you want to trade in your car, you want to get your car serviced, you need tires, you need a top-notch oil change, you name it, you can get it all at Roy O'Brien Ford. If you go to their website, which is R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com, you can check out Fast Track, which lets you choose your vehicle and options. You can figure out whether you want to lease it, finance it, pay cash, or get the value of your trade-in. You can apply for financing and even schedule delivery of your new ride. So if you are looking for, I don't know, the E-Mustang, if you're looking for the F-150, or even that sweet-ass Bronco, go to royobryan.ford in person at Nine Mile and Mac in St. Clair Shores, or go online at royobryan.com. You can give them a call to 888-566-5851. That's 888-566-5851. And when you call them, let them know that ML, Soul of Detroit, told you to call them because we told you to call them and they should know that we gave you those instructions and that you follow orders, unlike some people yes, sir. on this show. Or just say ML called and said call them. Yeah. Way to finish the read strong. <sighs> I'm very tired. Is the campaign wearing you out? No, no. In fact, I am rejuvenated because uh, we got some great news this week. And I think we should probably just roll the tape for those of you watching on Facebook Live. Everybody else go to ML for Detroit and watch it yourself. Well, is the audio any good on this? It's fantastic. Okay. I'm ML Elric, candidate for District 4 Detroit City Council with some exciting news about our campaign to bring honest change to Detroit politics. I can't tell you how pleased I am to announce we have a new team member, a guy I have nothing but respect for, and who also shares our vision for opportunity, safety, and accountability for the people of the East Side. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tucson Knights. Looks good on you, man. <laughs> All in for Mr. ML Elric, City Detroit City Council District 4. I'm excited to put my support fully behind him, and um, hopefully he'll make great change to our district. You'll see us in your neighborhood. Very soon. Hey. So a little a little wind noise, but uh, a good endorsement. But yeah, Tucson night, big time 
get for the campaign. Uh, he was this, third or fourth in your district in the uh, uh, primary. He, he finished an incredibly strong third, okay. so strong that I remember thinking, holy crap, he's going to finish second, and that's it for me. What's he so, going to do for you? Uh, he's, he's already doing it. I mean, there's a lot of people who endorse folks uh, because they're looking for something. They, uh, they want to... Um, set themselves up for a future job. They want to get uh, maybe their campaign debt retired. They're looking for a favor or something like that. Nothing like that. Tucson is just trying to keep involved in the uh, revival that we have on the East side. And we've been talking since the day after the election. We're actually talking before the election, just about our shared vision and some things that we both think are important and what each of us might do, depending on how the election turned out. Uh, I was prepared to support him if I didn't succeed. And uh, unbeknownst to me, it looks like he saw some things that were worth his imprimatur. But we're talking about meeting some people together. When I, when I called around to ask people for their support, invariably I would hear, ah, oh, you know what? I just talked to Tucson. Or, ah, oh, you should have called me oh, before. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm already with Tucson. Or, oh, hey, you know what? I really like what you're doing. But I kind of said I was going to go with Tucson. So I, I always One felt like I was always doing problem. Newman whenever I would hear his name. But, uh, <laughs> but so we're, we're getting out. We're meeting some people. And, and a lot of the young folks who have been working on his campaign, some of the uh, mentees he has from Caught Up and Ceasefire. I know, I know Sean cares about. Did you, know, you even hear what Sean said or no? No, because okay, I'm only, good. I'm only, I'm focused on, on, on quality. With you, content. of course. I'm more concerned if the quality, audience heard what Sean said. Quality content. Line. What did I say? I'm not going to say. Go so ahead and some rewind. Of these, some of these young guys will be working with us too and, uh, and getting some, some great experience and impressing people with the high quality of individuals that we have in the city of Detroit. Now, Sean, it was just a tip. Uh, it was pause a, it for was crappy a... comment from old man. <laughs> it was... Beep! Go. It was just a humble suggestion that maybe when you're telling a story, one example might be enough. That's all. That was it. My story's done. Was so I back supposed to, to say something? <laughs> well, you usually do. <laughs> Yeah. Um, are there other endorsements out there from individuals you want to pick up? And namely, I, I think everybody thinks immediately about the mayor. I mean, is that an endorsement people seek out? Um, I think people would generally like to have the mayor support them, but I'm running my own race. I mean, uh, I got my hands full doing what I need to is do. Is there a big uh, person left out there that you would want their support anywhere i mean i, I honestly don't know who, who it would be but is there somebody out there that i'm, I'm actually more want? interested in the support of small people the people who make up the district the people who cast the votes when i worked in city hall i'm going to use one example sean if that's okay <laughs> i used to tell people that i do stories for the person who cleans the mayor's office not for the mayor and that's the way I feel about this. There were a lot of people at the beginning of the race, like, you got to call this elected official, you got to call that elected official. And I made some calls, but it never really excited me all that much because I think what's going to help people make up their mind is an encounter or some sort of interaction with me rather than somebody who's been elected to something telling them, hey, you know, you need to support this guy. And there are some very prominent elected officials who have offered to support me, and we may be rolling some of that out going forward. But to me, really what makes a difference for people is that, that engagement, that opportunity to ask questions and have conversations, and, and the rest of it comes later because you can have everybody in the world endorse you and still 
flame out if you're just sitting here saying, well, they told you to vote for me, so go ahead and vote for me. I mean, who the hell wants to vote for somebody who does stuff like that? Fair enough. There's also a lot of people that will just vote because they like this person and they, that's who they endorse. Um, there might be some of that. There might be some of that. Um, there might be some of that. I don't know. Uh, but that's more, not how we get, do it. Did you get an email or a text that's more important than the show? No, no. I was just looking up my, my Bruce Lee thing that I, I mangled earlier. Emotional content. That's what I'm looking for. Emotional content. <laughs> What about, know what I'm di- talking what about? about distractionary content? Do you, do you know uh, emotional content? Okay, anyways. Is this you? Well, speaking of... Unknown? Emo- no, no, no. Regarding emotional content. Yes. Oh, yes. Emotional That's content. That's the easiest segue in the yeah, world. So, uh, so I want to introduce uh, our, the listening public to, uh, to Jason Weber, who I met at Wayne State University when he was in a journalism class that I was teaching. Maybe in the very first one I taught. It was pretty early in my... Teaching career. Yeah, that was in uh, either 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, back when I was young and beautiful and Sean... I was never young and beautiful. Yeah, Sean was still pretty <laughs> decrepit. But, um, I mean, we just, you know, it's his birthday. We'll, 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 we'll sing and stuff, but we're not going to Oh, lie. you don't need to sing. But, um, um, but uh, Jason was sing. a very talented student and has gone on to an incredibly varied career working in politics uh, working um, for the Insane Clown Posse, and he's authored a book about Prince, Purple Bananas, and I think it's also about Jason, how yes. Prince saved me and other selections from the soundtrack to my life. So, Jason, tell us a little bit about why Prince, of all artists, moved you and how he saved your life. Oh, man. I mean, but, I know, I remember how he gave you CPR the one time. <laughs> but, uh, the, the metaphorical saving. Right. Um, if it's okay with Sean, <laughs> give more than one example. Are you going to let him answer? Sure. Um, <laughs> it can be very intimidating sitting across from Sean. <laughs> it is, believe me. Just the glare from his dome and love. Sean, you've already got under his skin so bad today. I love it. I like dormant I'm, Sean. I'm just doing what Mark told me to do. That's all. Um, we love Mike. No, nah, man. I um, The uh, book, um, I got the idea for the book actually when, on the day Prince died. Um, that was uh, April 21st, 2016. That, that's why there's no blurb on the cover from him. That's right. Okay. <laughs> that's right. Um, Fun fact, same day a bird took a shit on my head. That <laughs> that's how I will always remember it. All of a sudden, Sean me. doesn't seem so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, he dies. So, yeah, he dies. And uh, at the uh, the day he died, I was, I was uh, working for ICP at the time. And so um, I was just... You know, he's him and David Bowie have always been my, my favorite singers, and um, when he passed away, it just it just blew a hole right through right through my heart, basically. You know, because um, his music had um, had gotten me through uh, a really really screwed up childhood and a really really screwed up adolescence and everything, and uh, his music was always just kind of like an angel on my shoulder. You know, so when he passed away, I was like, well, now what? Now what? You know, I, we you know we still had the music and everything, but. It was, it was, there was just something about, um, you know, knowing that Prince was out there making new music and everything. And, um, well, Bowie had just passed away too. Now, 2016 that- sucks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> next to, next to uh, 2020, 2016 was like the worst year on record uh, because, yeah, Bowie passed away a, a few January, months prior. Yeah, uh-huh. Yes. And then Prince died. And then, so I was, so I was just devastated, huh. you know, so, um, I started 
writing uh, just my thoughts about Prince passing away, and it turned into a book because I realized that my uh, for most of my life that um, his music had been, and Prince himself had been kind of a Jiminy Cricket to me. And uh, I got a lot of, um, I got a lot of um, just uh, so much joy and so much uh, and so much comfort in his music when I was growing up. And um, I um, started writing the book just just chronicling how specifically how Prince's music had actually uh, helped me uh, get through life. You know, so, so give us an example of of, of one moment where you're like. Okay, without Prince, I'm not here today. Sure. There's actually a really good example in the book. Um, and um, I was uh, talked out of a suicide attempt by, uh, by a Prince song. Really? Okay. Yeah. Which one? Uh, Anastasia. Don't kill yourself, Jason. I'm not, you know, <laughs> it's a B-side. Um, it was, it's, nice uh, making light of his attempt, by the way. <laughs> he, Jason's here to tell the I'm tale. I'm just yes. fucking with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's from a song from uh, his love sexy album called Anastasia. It's really obscure. Um, but Is that I was, the uh, the Jack You Offs album? No, that's controversy. Okay, oh controversy. Sorry, yep. sorry. Great album. <laughs> um, but um, no, I was uh, going through some serious depression. This was I was a senior in high school at the time, going through some major depression, and um, I uh, it was just one of those one of those dark nights of the soul where you just want to kill yourself. You know, I, I I wasn't getting along with my parents. My siblings wouldn't talk to me. I was just I just felt alone, just completely alone. And uh, so I started thinking about uh, self-harm and um, the uh, I was going to go into the bat. I was going to um, do a, a stunt that I saw in, in a movie where you um, get exercise in a porno movie. <laughs> the devil and Miss Jones, where she killed herself yeah. in the bathtub. OK. Right? And uh, so I was going to I was going to do something similar to that, you know, because I hear you, you you soak into the hot tub and then you don't really feel. Yeah. As you cut your wrist. Right. So I'm there in my room and I'm listening to uh, the Love Sexy album and the song Anastasia just really got under my skin at that particular moment. Was it the hook? Was it a lyric? Was it? It's the lyrics, man, because um, at so the- Give us a little synopsis. What, what, what is it in particular? You know what it, wa you know what it was is um, it's a really, really sad song. I mean, Prince, Prince talks about, um, like, I think the uh, first lyrics go- have you ever wanted to love someone you would take anyone, boy or girl? Um, you know, Anastasia talked to me, you know, uh, and it's just it, it, the, the lyrics are about loneliness. The lyrics are about uh, needing, needing God and being raised, being raised in a really, really, really Christian uh, household like I was. My views on God were really conflicted because on one hand, you had my parents and my pastor talking about, you know, fire and brimstone and all this um, and all this. Jesus freak stuff, but Prince, whenever he would sing about God, it was in a very, very loving, a very, very nurturing kind of way. And at the time that I was feeling suicidal, Anastasia was just the perfect song for me. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I had a, fl a fish flay knife that I was going to do this with. And, uh, and I just was like, nah, you know what? Screw that. I'm not going to do it. I, I live, live, for, live for another day. Let's, you know, I mean, there's good music. There's, um, and as long as I've got Prince and everything, maybe I can get through life. So that's, so that's an example. When was this? This would have been uh, 19, 93 or 94. So, so long after the music had been, yes. been uh, released. Yeah. So you kind of found it on your own or? Yeah. Yeah, I um, my first two Prince albums were Diamonds and Pearls and Graffiti Bridge back in the early '90s, and I was and at that point I was collecting his pa his past 
uh, catalog. It's crazy because you you write in here too that um, that's the most connected you felt to any kind of higher power, even having going to church and something. You know, yeah. He just got that message across in that song where yeah. it was beautiful. Preachers apparently didn't exactly. Um, have you talked? Did you like talk to anybody about that situation? Your parents or anything, or did you just keep it to yourself? I told my best friend um, Chris about it uh, at, uh, after the fact, yeah. and uh, and you know he was and he was just like, well, dude, why didn't you why didn't you come talk to me about it? But you know, it was so um, easy. Yeah, but you know it, it's you know it's teenage angst and everything. You know, I mean, I mean, a lot, I mean, you know, when you're that when you're that young, you think everything's the end of the world yeah. and everything. But um, but no, nah, man. I mean, that was one instance where it wasn't just a cry for help. I mean, I seriously wanted to wanted to kill myself. You know, and it was uh, but um, but uh, yeah, Anastasia from the Love Sexy album uh, saved my life. Did you talk to your parents eventually? Um, not about that. No, I didn't. Um. My relationship with my parents was was kind of um, was, was kind of wacky because they um, were um, I'm adopted for one thing, and uh, I was adopted by this you know white Christian family. I'm half Mexican, so there was a lot of just I never really quite fit in in that in that in that family structure. And my parents they loved me, but um, talking to them was uh, was like. Um, reading Sanskrit to a pony, you know, it just, it just yeah. didn't, it just didn't work. That's, know? that's what, uh, that's what Sean's editors say about his work. <laughs> Sanskrit from a pony. I, but, I, but Prince was a, a big part of, of my high school and I'm a little older, uh, experience because I used to listen to the electrifying mojo. And yes. I had a show on the purple people yeah. that was basically bringing Prince out. And the thing is, uh, as a white guy listening to, uh, an urban station, the, the crossover wasn't so much people listening to the station being introduced to Prince. It was people being introduced to Aerosmith and heavy metal. And, and, and Mojo used to mix metal with Prince. And, and, you know, he had so many different shows, Midnight Funk Association, everything like that. But he would use Prince to, to introduce people to other concepts and other kind of music where yeah. Prince was sort of this ambassador to every sort of message, every sort of sound. And it transcended white and black, and uh, and he was, uh, you know, Prince's music was was very powerful when it was contemporary. Let alone when you're going through the back catalog like you were. And I wonder, but he also was someone who he was very flamboyant, uh, very um, promiscuous. And I wonder, in a Christian household, when your parents said, uh, "Well, we're glad you're okay. You seem like you're okay." But uh, I don't know if we want this Prince music in the house. I mean, did, did how did they react to hearing Prince coming from the bathroom when you're in there? And <laughs> they um, Anastasia, and can you get out of the can? When I was a kid, uh, I was forbidden from listening to Prince. Okay, um, because in '84 when Purple Rain came out, um, my my I asked my mom if I could if I could buy this album, and my mom's like, absolutely not, you know, because they my, my dad thought Prince was gay, and my dad was real was a real homophobe. My mom just thought that Prince was of the devil because he was always singing about sex and darling Nikki. And, and everything. let me guess, that yeah. made you want to listen to yes. it more. I was like, absolutely. Yeah. I was just like, who's that guy again? You know, yeah. and just wrote, and it's like, Prince, must check him out. And um, by the early 90s, my, my parents had kind of relaxed a little bit. So, so um, like, my grandmother bought, bought me my first Prince album for Christmas. All right. You know, so go, gra go grandma, <laughs> you know. Um, but, um, but yeah, the um, my, my parents my parents didn't really know what to make of Prince, but eventually um, they they did kind of kind of lighten up a little bit. And in '97, I actually took them to a Prince concert. Oh, really? Which was pretty amazing. Oh, okay, you got to tell us about that. Yeah, that was. It, I mean, 
to this day, that's one of the best experiences of my life because because my parents going from uh, I mean I used to have to hide my print records in my uh, sock drawer, you know, but now I'm taking the, I'm taking them to see print and they had a great time. Did they carry Bic lighters? No, no, they oh. didn't. <laughs> I did though during Purple Rain. But, so, but, uh, but they didn't. so how did you get them from Prince is Forbidden to okay, we'll go to a show with you, and then they not only went, they dug it. Yeah, they really dug it. It just took a lot of time, and uh, and also my parents, as they got older, kind of kind of stepped away from the evangelical evangelical Christianity a little bit, you know. So they 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 were still Christians, but they weren't quite as fire and brimstone, and you're going to go to hell if you listen to Prince, right. you know. So they just they mellowed with age, okay, you know. Um, you know they, uh, I mean. I was the oldest in my family, you know, and, and with with the oldest, you know, the, the parents always over overprotect. Sure, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were the quintessential helicopter parents. They were a lot more laid back by the time my brother and sister came along. So um, by '97, yeah, I was. Uh, I asked my dad. I said, "Look, I, I don't have a credit card. I need you to buy me Prince tickets." And uh, and um, so, so he said, "Yeah, sure." And um, I, I I paid for him, of course, but. Uh, next thing I know, he tells me that's uh, yeah, I also got tickets for me and your and, and your mom. We're going with you. Oh, wow. and he did really? that. It's blown your mind. So you it didn't blow have my mind, yeah. You didn't have an education campaign working for years to wear them down. They just said we're going to see what it's all about. Basically, yeah, and okay. uh, yeah, and it was um, you know, it was um, you wonder, you, you must wonder, did they secretly listen to it while you were secretly <laughs> listening to it throughout the eighties too? You know, it's so funny. Um, I got my mother um, after Prince died in in 2016. I got my mom uh, the uh, compilation album that they yeah. released that year, and I got her that for Mother's Day. Oh wow! You know what I mean? So it's so it's gone. It just went completely. It just did a complete one eighty. So when all your travels in life and what you because you worked for ICP, you've worked in media, and you've interviewed a lot of people because you write about it in Purple Bananas. Uh, did you ever get a chance to meet him? Talk to him? Never got a chance him? to meet him. Uh, the closest I came was. Um, this would have been back in 2012. My friend Champtown, who's a Detroit rapper. Yep, yeah. I remember Champtown. Yeah, you know Champtown? My friend Champtown um, was working with this uh, aspiring rapper at the time named Verdict. And Champtown hired me to do Verdict's uh, press kit. We were, they were recording in Minneapolis. And, um, and, uh, and so I'm there in Minneapolis, and I said to Champ, let's go to Paisley Park. And he goes, yeah, sure. Champ and Prince were actually friends. Oh damn! Yeah, Champ, 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 Champ Town and, and Prince were, were, were good friends, and so um, we go ahead and drive over to Paisley Park, and the uh, gates are are, uh, are all locked. It doesn't stop Champ Town. We we shimmy through the gates like we trespass on the Paisley Park, <laughs> right. and um, and uh, and Champ Town goes up. It's like like where is he, man? Where is he? And he knocks on the door and everything. No one's home, and I'm sitting here just like we're on Paisley Park's. Uh, we're on the grounds of Paisley Park, and I'm expecting cops and security just to be on us, man. And and but they never showed up. But I'm there. There's pictures of me um, hanging out outside of, outside of the studio door and everything. So that was the closest I got chance. That was the closest I got to meet to. That's the closest opportunity I had to meet Prince. If he had been home, I would have got a chance to meet him. How uh, how many times have you seen him perform live? I saw Prince perform live five times. Okay, what um, either. In person or on TV, what's his greatest performance in your mind? His greatest performance has got to be the Super Bowl yeah. uh, halftime show in, 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 in 2007. Yeah. I mean, because uh, that was just, uh, I mean, he was just at the peak of his powers that night, yeah. you know? And then you have, uh, you know, you have the, 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 the rain and just the atmosphere. The big white sheet. Yeah, the, the sheets shadow. and everything. Yeah. It, was, it was just incredible, man. 
It was so dope. Uh, what about it was the, the, the Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame with yeah. the my guitar? Why my guitar oh, gently yeah. weeps? Why my guitar gently weeps? Yes, that solo was incredible. And then him taking the guitar and just throwing, <laughs> throwing it. it. It's like, only what Prince could his, do that, man. What about his songs though? After Anastasia, what are two or three of your your favorite songs of his? Oh my goodness, uh, so, so many. But um, I love um, I love if I was your girlfriend from Sign of the Times. I really love that one a lot uh, because it's really really interesting. Um, from a gender point of view, because uh, here's Prince singing that he wishes he was a woman so he could understand his girlfriend better. I think then at the time nobody was really singing about that stuff. Um, love everything on the Purple Rain soundtrack. Love um, the uh, Parade record with, uh, the, uh, with that that kiss on it. Yeah, kisses. Kiss is just a great song. It, it's a, it's my favorite song. That and I want to be your lover. Nice and come. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> No, I want to be your lover. Is an underrated jam. It's, it is, man. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. That's yeah. great, man. I freaking love that one. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, Prince never put out a bad record. He did put out a couple of them that I thought um, were a little bit subpar or whatever. Like he put out this one album of jazz called News. <laughs> of course, he did. and and it was uh, and which was almost unlistenable because Prince Prince loved jazz. I mean, he actually worked with Miles Davis before. Prince loved jazz, but I don't think he understood jazz. And yeah. it kind of, it kind of, it kind of shows in that album. You know what I mean? What about the new one that uh, he didn't he finish it in like 2012 and buried it? And now he died, so they decided to put it out. The American Welcome, Welcome, Welcome to America. America. Yeah, that's a great album. Uh, yeah, he uh, he recorded that in 2010 and he shelved it. It's no so weird that he would shelve it like that. Well, what's so funny is that the is that lyrically it is so prescient to what's happening right now. Yeah, and a lot of critics were were saying that, that same thing. It's like this, this could have been recorded in twenty twenty one, you know. It was it was just so on point about the political climate we're in, and and it, it was something. I do have a question. Um, if we can just get back to the classroom second for a second, what what, oh, what kind of teacher was Mr. Howard <laughs> like? ML was uh, was uh, I took his uh, public late. Wait. Often late, uh, probably, probably. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I, I took uh, I took his public affairs reporting class, and it was a damn good class. And uh, actually, I still have a uh, letter re of reference that you wrote for me, and I still use it anytime I apply for a job. Was he funny though? Like he is in life? Was yes. He, did he take that humor into the classroom? He did. Did he yep. poke? Did he poke at you guys a little bit? You bet you did. In because a, in a loving way. It was, you know, he taught, I mean, ML taught me the, uh, the uh, hard work of doing public affairs reporting. And so he had to poke at us. You Did know? the classes ever go overtime by like an hour? No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. But, uh, Sometimes no, it's these extraneous questions that drag <laughs> things out a little bit. <laughs> and then the, the people who question, sure, ask just, the questions seem to have other questions. I just want to make sure it's not just us. No, no, no. Jason was a great student, and, and you wouldn't know it now, but Jason, when he came into my class, had such a pronounced stutter that he could barely get a sentence out, and, and a big part of my class is participation, is people getting involved, getting in there. I hate reporters who sit in the back and just let everybody else do the work, and Jason dove in. I mean, and, and I, I, I may have mentioned this in the reference letter, but something I personally never forgotten the courage that it takes to get out there in a class with a bunch of strangers on a Saturday morning when you're tired, you, you probably came from your job the night before, and to dive into a discussion on a new subject and then to worry about whether you're going to be able to be understood, there is a courage and a character there that has been a part of who Jason is that I've known for 15 years that uh, I've never forgotten, I've always admired. And if you listen to him now, you know, I'm telling you something you don't know. I mean, this is a man, and I don't know 
I don't know um, how you're so well-spoken, if it's something where it's just self-confidence or if it's been some sort of, uh, some sort of uh, therapy or something. But, I mean, you know, you've always been a guy who had something to say, and no matter how challenging it may have been, you've always said it. And that's why, that's why I'm, I'm really proud of the book you've done and the person you are and how you've shared this. Um, and, and I should probably pause, but, but there's a, I, I want to I come back to something you mentioned a minute ago because I think it's very important to your story and also important to one of your career stops with ICP because you invited me to the Gathering of the Juggalos one year, and I didn't know very much about ICP except that they fought with Eminem because I am the world's foremost expert on the early life of Eminem. <laughs> but there was so much talk throughout that evening about people caring for themselves and not harming themselves and feeling good about who they are and taking that pain and that loneliness and coming together and saying, you're okay, yeah. we're together. And I don't know that much about ICP. I listened. It was entertaining. Uh, the first three acts that came on with makeup and hockey jersey, I said, oh, there's ICP. Like, that's not ICP. Like, okay, well, here's ICP. That's not ICP. Here's ICP. I was like, okay, this has got to be ICP. No, I'm like, <laughs> I'm leaving. They're like, here comes ICP, finally. But, I mean, it was such a positive thing. And, and talk a little bit about how you got involved with those guys and, um, and just where all that comes from, where it seems to be, you know, they're, they're really obnoxious, they're really nasty, but then there's this sort of caring, which is it's just weird. Yeah, they care a lot about the Juggalos. You know, the uh, I mean, I think you said something uh, pretty profound when you were talking about how, you know, music has the power to, you know, you know save you and everything. And it's um, with, with ICP's Juggalos, it's like that. IC, IC, Juggalos feel about ICP the way I feel about Prince. And... Um, you know, I know I've known a lot of Juggalos who have been talked out suicide by listening to ICP's music. I got hooked up with ICP um, back in this. I, I got hired in December of 2012. I was living in uh, Dayton, Ohio at the time. I was working for the mayor You've down been there. Doing politics, right? Yeah, I was yeah. working for the mayor. I've worked for two mayors. I worked for a mayor in Toledo and I worked for a mayor in Dayton. And I was so I'm down there and I'm down there in Dayton. I was working as a freelance writer as well. And I wrote a cover story for the Metro Times about this rapper named Danny Kay. Danny Kay was one of ICP's heroes back in the day. He was the first Caucasian rapper in Detroit to make any noise. And this is like 87, 88. This is before Kid Rock when yes. he was trying to be a rapper and Marshall Mathers. and Eminem, Kid Rock, Uncle Cracker, ICP, all of those big white rappers, they all know Danny Kay. Okay. Everybody was obsessed with, with Danny Kay. But most people had forgotten Danny Kay. So I wrote this, this um, career retrospective of Danny Kay for the Metro Times for a cover story. Um, Violent J and Shaggy got a, got a copy of it, and they were talking about it on their, uh, on their radio show. And um, I wrote them a message just thanking them for, you know, the plug and everything and stuff. But I also, was, I also sent Violent J a lot of ideas I had for Psychopathic because I'm a juggalo. You know, so we, we talked about everything from T-shirt designs to music samples I thought they should do. Just, just I, I showed up with a lot of ideas, and they were so impressed by that that they hired my ass. You know, and and uh, and it was great. I worked for them for five years as the director of public relations. You, you got to give us at least one crazy, uh, never before told ICP story. Okay, um, I do tell a story. I do tell the story. In the book, but uh, I've never I've never told the whole story on the air, so so we'll, we'll do it. Ooh, it's an exclusive. Technical, <laughs> it is. I love it. Um, the <laughs> emotional content. 
emotional content. <laughs> I was out in LA. Um, ICP had their own TV show for a couple seasons called Insane Clown Posse Theater on the Fuse Network. And I'm out there in LA doing a, a promo uh, tour out there. We, they were on with, um, they were on a, a few TV shows and a couple podcasts. And that night, I had to um, take a um, order of uh, chicken wings and a salad to Violent J's room at the hotel because um, I'm out there with Shaggy Two Dope and and ICP's assistant, and we're we're out having dinner or whatever. But Violent J is like, "No, nah, I want to go back to the hotel. Just you know, hook me up with some food when you guys are done." All right, fine. So I so I go up to his room, knock on the door. I knock again, and then there's still no answer. I knock again. This time I'm banging on the door, and then suddenly the door answers. Uh, the door opens a, a, a little bit, and all of a sudden you hear Violent J's voice just boom down the hallway. Leave it outside the door. I'm naked. No makeup. No makeup. Okay. <laughs> but oh it was boy. just. But it was just this. Uh, I mean, no, no, nothing. I mean, yeah. it was just. But it was Not just. Not even like, the radio was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like leave it outside the door. I'm naked. And uh, people and people open their doors down the hallway, like see what the hell, what the uh, racket was, you know. So um, I've told, I've uh, I've uh, never told that story uh, on the air, but it was just uh, to me that was one of the most hysterical things that ever happened, just because um, you know, I mean, there's there's Violent J standing there, buck naked, and he's just screaming at me. Did he did he eat his food naked? <laughs> I that I don't know. I I put the food I, I put the food in front of the door and I got the hell out of there. Yeah, who's, the, the great, who's sticking around? Well, the great uh, Temple coach John Cheney, who died last yeah, year, used yeah. to like to put a mess of ribs on his bed and eat eat him naked. Nice. Get sauce all over himself. <laughs> I remember that from a Sports hey. Illustrated profile. Whatever, oh, wow. whatever works, I suppose. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Whatever what, works. what years were you with ICP? 2012 to 2017. So that's the height of the FBI yeah, looking into him. Yes, you, it was. Do you, did you have to deal with the FBI? I bet I did. Yeah. Not. I mean, uh, I didn't have to deal with like any FBI agents or anything like that. But sure. I, but I, but I was. I was. If you're public relations, I'm sure. It's public. It's really difficult to do PR for a band that's on the gang list. Yeah, and you know, um, but most people in America thought the gang thought that was just ridiculous. You know, and and rightly so. Um, They're they're no longer on on the gang list. Um, The the FBI got so much bad press as a result of this that they uh, that they took Juggalos off. And actually, I don't think they they publish the gang list anymore because they're just like, well, you know, so. but uh, yeah, it, that was a that was a really really uh, challenging. I mean, gig. did you ever dive into any of the FBI file? Can yes. you see that? Oh, yeah, did, yeah. Because I used ever, to, I used to try to uh, surveilling the band at all, or is it just simply about the fans? I always suspected that uh, the phones were tapped at Psychopathic. I just did. There was because working there at that time, there was a real sense of of um, this. You always felt like someone was watching you. You yeah. know, because because um, just I don't know. There was just something very very strange about those years. Um, huh. It was um, yeah. We felt like you always felt like you were being watched. You always felt like um, you know your emails were being yeah, scanned, scanned and, and stuff like that. Yeah, wow. So yeah, it was uh, it was it was definitely uh, it, it was definitely a crazy time. And what do you call those guys? I mean, do you say like, "Hey, violent, uh, I got your <laughs> newspaper here," or uh, "Too dope." Um, you know, you get any change for the parking meter? I mean, <laughs> um, no, I, I would just call them Joe and Joey. Okay, yeah, so I, they, I, I would just call them Joe and Joey. Okay. But when by I, their names. When yeah. I was around Juggalos, though, I'll, I'll refer to them as Jay and Shaggy. Okay, you know, it, so keep the illusion. Yeah, exactly. The. Okay. 
kayfabe in uh, in uh, the hip hop world is very real. So you know you have to keep up the uh, you know you don't let people know what goes on behind the curtains. Yeah. And uh, frankly, kids, you wouldn't want to be be behind the curtains. <laughs> so. Yikes. Well, it yeah. sounds like nobody's wearing anything behind the curtains. So. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that might be. I gotta tell you, it's an interesting book. I've been flipping through Purple Bananas. Um, your 1999 was kind of a crazy year when you came back to Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your I, dad I moved, and your girlfriend. I moved out. Yeah, I moved out here to be with a. Uh, I was living in Washington State, and I moved out and to Detroit in '99. To be with my uh, now ex girlfriend, yeah, and uh, uh, Sophia is why I refer to her, her in the book. Then not a real name, not a real name. <laughs> some names in the book are real, some are not. Have so. you kept in touch with? Do you know where she is or anything? No, she doesn't want to talk to me. Uh, last last I heard, she got married and uh, and is like really in love with her husband and stuff. So I don't really gross. Yeah, so <laughs> that's but, her uh, loss. But yeah, but I, I moved out to from Washington to to be with her, and you know we actually dated for like three years and everything, and then it blew up in my face as. A lot of internet relationships do, and uh, but uh, but yeah, um, I uh, I joined. Um, I, I came to Detroit in '99, and and um, I slowly but surely started to work my way up into working for ICP. Okay, you know, because I, I would like go, I would like go to shows, and I would go to, um, you know, I would go to like signings and everything, and um, and because because I'm a huge fan, and it was just uh, it was just small steps, just trying to get up to um, get enough enough courage to contact Violent J and say. Here's some ideas, you know. And, and um, so there's there's some ICP stories in in the book too. Yes, there are ICP stories. Okay, so Purple Bananas: How Prince Saved Me and Other Selections from the Soundtrack to My Life by Jason Weber. Where can people get this, Jason? Um, there, it's available on Amazon. Um, if you don't like Amazon, you can go to BookBaby.com. Um, BookBaby is actually the name of the publisher that I worked with to put the book out. So you can buy it directly from their website. But the, it got a very good mark from Kirkus Reviews, I understand. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. They uh, they said that um, it was a, uh, I think it was a, often engaging and always entertaining memoir. That's that's. Uh, I'll more take than, that. <laughs> that's more than most of us can say. So uh, so Jason, thanks for coming on. Uh, uh, I can't wait to see what your next gig is because every time I talk to you, you're doing something crazier. And cooler. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So and. Uh, oh, and um, uh, that's Purple Bananas. Check it out, folks. Um, we, uh, we, we need to, to do a little plug here. Um, Mark, you thinking? My turn? Maybe, maybe Mr. Nowacki deserves a little sure. insane. Our buddy Luke Nowacki over at Pinnacle Wealth. He's Two- crazy. He's Silent Luke. If you want your money to make money, call Luke. 248-663-4748 because he provides rational financial advice. Uh, what are you going to do with all that money that you made? What do you you got to make him earn money. Uh, do you put it in stocks? Do you bonds, 401ks? What do you do? No one knows. Luke knows. Get advice. Get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Well, 248-663. Get 40, advice. Get a, 40, whoa, that was me echoing. Because he'll make it echo, I'm not ready for echo, it. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Wait, what, what will Luke do? He makes it all about you, baby, baby. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Yeah. This guy's ready for that one. That's Luke for you, man. He's uh, not too shaggy. And he's very very dope. dope. But in the good way. In the good way. Good one. So, um, good deeds. Luke is a very generous guy. He's he always supports great causes like Clark Park and other things like that. Oh, I got a Charlie horse. I'm dying. What? Oh, fun. Hey, Wait, hey, this hey. is good. To, wait, no, this is good hey. content. Yo. He's standing up. 
Like Ladeff. Come on, no, suck it up. This is Swallow this is this is unintentional, but now you can see my sweet ass uh, Magnum Seven T-shirt because we're joined with ay 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 by. Wow, that hurt. Um, August <laughs> Gitschlag, who's here to talk about... I love how no one wanted to help you. Magnum Nut. Yeah, that's what I want. All that's you guys rubbing the back of my thigh. I'm good. I'll work oh, it no, out. Oh, no, you could have stretched it out or, I don't know. We could have covered for you, but I'd rather... Oh, like, are you guys going to put, like, the paddles on me or something? It's just a, just Sean a might. <sighs> a little electro... Uh, August, save us. August, okay. tell us you know, about the did, Magnum did, Nut. Is it did did something I understand it's brought to you I mean, by... Uh, what, what's going on? Did something happen to Prince? Bacardi. I've just been sitting here. Yeah, you know, he's... Patiently, he's that was with wonderful. us still. Thank you all. No, it's great. I'm, I actually started uh, trying to find it on Amazon to download it. I didn't find it yet, but I'm going to find it. Okay. I'm going to buy that book online. We might so be able I, to get you an autographed copy. Yeah, if you might. stick around in the green room. The green room, yes. So, hey guys, but we're only Hi. taking cash. How are you, sir? It's been Good. a while. Yeah, how's how's things going? Good. I haven't seen you since the pedal pub days. Good night. Yeah, yeah that was That's a fun right. time. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, I think one of the last. I gotta believe one of the last, like, really fun. Nights I had in Hamtramck was at Whiskey in the Jar at Magnum 7, and then I was looking forward to Magnum 8, and then it turned out that uh, somebody lit the world on fire. Yeah, kind of fell apart ate there. A bat, and now, now we got... But it's so back. It's back. It's, it's Friday. Back, and uh, we've had two years to prep for it, so now we have a presenting sponsor and, uh, and, and everything. Yeah, I've had... I secured three different donations just while I was sitting here. Uh, hey. Quality Roots in Hamtramck, from Toyology in Royal Oak, and Fago. Uh, one of my partners in the in the fundraiser Jeez. picked up a whole car full of Fago. Well, for so us. you weren't wasting. Now, now they time owe us some money wasted. for the free. No plug. time was wasted. <laughs> well, no. what is what is Magnumate? Explain it for. So, uh, well, it started with uh, one of my best friends, Mikey Smith, and uh, Conrad, who works for the City Hamtramck. At the time, I was working for the City Hamtramck as a city clerk, and we all kind of bartended at Whiskey in the Jar on the side. And years ago, we, on a random through the powers of Facebook, ended up throwing a tracksuit party based on a Facebook post. Whoa. And someone said, hey, no one, I'm never going to wear this tr- track suit. I can't believe my sister gave me this for Christmas. Hey, wear them up to the bar tonight, and it'll be funny. We'll all wear mm-hmm. track suits. That turned into a giant fundraiser, which we've now on nine of those, and we want to do something in the summer. And now, could that be the Steve Austin party? It could be. He had a pretty mm-hmm. sweet sure. track suit. Yeah, and then people do compete with the coolest, most vintage track suits. Okay. And we do this one usually around Easter, like Good Friday has been the, kind of the consistent date. We want to do something in the summertime, and this is about, about 10 years ago, because this would have been the ninth. Nice sound effects. And uh, mustache parties were kind of like a thing 10 years ago, and we're like, well, you know, let's do like maybe a Burt Reynolds party. And then, you know, Mikey slaps me upside the head and says, Tom Selleck, Magnum P.I. Detroit. And it's as easy of a costume theme as you can do. A tiger hat, a Hawaiian shirt, and then we sell the mustaches for 10 bucks a piece. That was the first premise, and it had legs, and people started showing up and filled up this tiny little bar in Hamtramck called Whiskey in the Jar with eight bar stools and a pool table. I believe you've been there. I, I was <laughs> elbowed out of it. It was quite crowded by the time I got involved in the event. It was very successful. And since then, that, that was scrambling online into local bars and to our friends in the bar business to get some gift cards and things to raffle off. and. Now we've got, you know, Zach giving us a bike to raffle off every year. And we've got... Uh, from Detroit Bikes. Yeah, from Detroit, Detroit. Bikes. He's the great. maker of the Soul of Detroit Feather, limited uh, edition bicycle. Well, yes, cool. a fellow Feather Bowler, as I have okay. been for, for a dozen years or so. I say it's a unique um, kind of fundraiser. It's not the typical golf outing or some of the other things you would see. You know, well, it's a night out at the bar to raise money. And where's where does the money go? The money goes to the Hero Foundation. Thank you for asking, because I was 
I neglected that. Uh, every year we switch back and forth with the, mag the tracksuit party and the Magnum party. It's either the money goes to the Detroit Friendship House, which is the only food pantry in Hamtramck. It only serves a 48212. And the Hero Foundation, which uh, our buddy Mikey Smith is on the board of. In honor of, uh, it started in honor of our friend's father who survived pancreatic cancer, which Whoa. nobody does. And right. he lived a, a very long life after that. Just recently passed away from other things. But, uh, and so her, his daughter started the Hero Foundation, which provides meals and holidays. And during the holiday season when the breadwinner gets cancer and can't really provide, they step up and pay all the bills. Like wow. all the bills. And it's a zero, heroic. zero administrative fee, zero administration charity. So every dollar they bring in, they don't keep any of it. It all goes out the door because it's, you know, the, the founder is the daughter and it's just, that's what she, Katie wants. So she doesn't keep any money. It all goes out into the charity. It's like the money I make from the podcast. It goes out the door. I don't keep any of it. it that's because you have daughters. And then I got to pay it for stuff. It goes to me. It goes <laughs> to Sean. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Now we, it? now we got a, a, an adopted kid in Michigan State who's on a track team or, no, the rowing team, Kaylee. You know, that's that's a business right. transaction. Yeah. <sighs> Do you think uh, Selleck knows about this, and would you want him to know about it? Everyone, every once in a while, someone tells us they reached out, or my grandma knows his knew his mother yeah. from school, and someone always has a connection. I, if he knew it, that's fine as long as he doesn't stop us from doing it. <laughs> We'd love Sean, to. Sean love to have and Tom Selleck are pretty good buddies. No, not really. Could you mention it to him? I could. I mean, if I ever interview him, interview him again. I think last time you were wearing that shirt, Sean mentioned it and was telling that's the right. story. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll never forget. Um, okay. Uh, so, so when and where is it? How do people get involved? And uh, we know who it benefits, uh, which is, is uh, a great cause. Um, how, do, how do we go to this thing? Well, this, the event is actually this Friday, okay. uh, the 20th, at Whiskey in the Jar in Hamtramck. Starts at 8-ish. Uh, our DJ, Tom T, gets off a plane from Dubai, where he's a, like a world-famous DJ, and he's like coming in. Just, he always sets up and does this for us. So it's kind of like a special thing for him. Um, and then at about 11 o'clock or so, uh, and this kind of ties in, with Jason, the Astronomicon is this weekend, okay. which is put on by the guys in Twisted, which is sort of a, a like ICP, their, their style to make up rap, rap stuff. And they put on this convention in Ann Arbor. One of the celebrities coming in is Ming Chen from the TV show Comic Book Men, who I happen to be friends with because we met him at Whiskey in the Jar through some other uh, podcasters, brought him in from a convention. And we've been friends ever since, and he is going to celebrity bartend in the evening. Damn. Just happens to be in town for the convention, and he's coming to his favorite bar, Whiskey in a Jar, in a Hawaiian shirt. So I, I was thinking Magnum 9, because it should be the 9th, but we didn't have the 8th, so right. it's Magnum 8. Magnum 8, because we, we missed out on what should have been 8. Yes. We weren't going to do like that at you know, the Olympics and still call it 2020 right. yeah. and you know, just go the 9, but Magnum 8's fine. Okay. And, uh, and you'll be selling cool T-shirts and all that other good we stuff. We do have shirts. I'm, I apologize. I didn't bring well, in the new okay. one. But we'll see you at, on Friday night, right, when you're done canvassing? Uh, you may, I may close the bar, but I'll be, I'll be knocking on doors until after dark. That's fine. We'll save a shirt for you. So let us okay. know what size. That sounds good. Yes. All, right. uh, All you guys, anyone wants to come down, we'll, we'll grab shirts for you. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it, it's a great cause. It's a good time. Don't go dressed as TC, right? Someone always comes as TC. There's always a Higgins. Wait, not in blackface or anything, right? No. Oh, okay. No. 
they're you know our friends that show up as totally, TC. I'm totally but, joking. But you you and, and we you also have, have to a, land your helicopter on the roof of whiskey in the butt in the jar. And everyone always asks if we're the guys at Tiger Games. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. we're not, but we know them well. They're great. The 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 they're the downriver magnums, and we're like the Hamtramck magnums, and we we do mix our parties, and uh, so they come down to our event every year and support us, and it's great. They're they're good guys. Damn, who knew there are so many magnums around? Well, our favorite one is going to be at Hamtramck on Friday. So come out for Magnum 8, because you never know the way things are going. Maybe a while before we have Magnum 9. And where, uh, if you want more info, where can people... Uh, we have an Instagram account, magnum underscore detroit.com, or just uh, on the Book of Faces, just put uh, Mag- Magnum 8, presented by Bacardi. We'll link it up, too, on our site. Yeah, and and Thank did, you. Yeah. Did you say that did Bacardi somehow involved? I may have missed that. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. the cool. official title you is... get some product and some money, so we're going gonna to push yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, you, you got to... You, you know what that's you, like. You got to... You got to... You got to... You got to... those who keep you going. Right, so, right. Okay. And we appreciate all that support. And then who knew eight years ago that we'd have liquor companies, you know, competing to yeah. sponsor, so... Well, and you know, who knew you'd be sponsored by Fago and you're hit, sitting here with the man from ICP <laughs> right next to you? I mean, there's a lot of crossover here. Whoop. Do you know how much you've raised overall? I mean, we average about. We used to average like two thousand dollars an event okay. for like the first five years, and thought that was great. Now we're up to six, seven since we. Yeah, so it's awesome. growing. That's since good. We've gotten, well, that, a lot of that's from Zach and having the bike to raffle off yeah. is, is a big deal. It's and a then, lot more than people realize too. Yeah, I mean, over the years, you know, two money. parties a years, we've, we've probably raised about fifty, sixty grand over the years. Good. Damn, probably Not more. Bad. To be honest with you, so it's, we have really generous friends, and, and like All you guys, hanging out at a bar. Yeah, and I mean, I met ML at a fundraiser years ago, and that's so kind of where this has come from. Helping so. to get the word out, absolutely. It's uh, doing good deeds. It's it, it helps everything uh, end up a little happier. When it's over, I can finally shave. Grow <laughs> out just for the event. Yeah, I'm glad you're not doing the mustache party. I, I need to get like a 40 year head start on that. It's not not my strength, as Sean will mention momentarily. Oh, no, you look beautiful. <laughs> Before uh, we move on, do you want to mention the other sponsor who's patiently sitting here? Uh, well, I thought I thought we would kind of do that with uh, Room 7609 because I want to tie it all together. Well, let's get in there. But, uh, what happened to Geek of the Week? Sorry. We don't, we don't have to do oh, Geek man, of the Week. Geek. Well, I mean, we're only way over. Yeah. Which one do you want? Just do Geek of the Week real quick, real quick. Yeah, somebody did I something, will, Mike doesn't like. Out, okay, we're done. I just want to point out on the rundown here. Geek of the Week, to be determined. Yeah, and Mike. I've been criticized I've been criticized for scripting Geek of the Week, so now when I'm freelancing, I'm criticized for that making, too? I was making an editorial decision. You did, it was improvising. On. But I think I, know, I think I know I have my candidates. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? We're going to skip Dork. Geek of the Week this week and go right to... Room seven six. No, what a we, dick. Keep it <laughs> Wait a minute. No, we're all. We're, I'm not doing it anymore. We get. There's an all night party in room seven six oh nine. And you can dance together all night if you've got the time. This week's Geek of the Week is ESPN's Bill Conley, who made Bo Schembechler the 29th best coach ever and left Jim Harbaugh off the list. So you suck, Bill Conley. Anyways, it's Sean's birthday here in Room 7609. Hey, trying to say Harbaugh and should be on that list? Yes, he should be on that list. He really? he did a great job at Stanford. He did a great job 
at San Diego, and Bo Schembechler never won nothing. How do you have Schembechler at 29 and Lloyd Carr at 42? That's outrageous. Anyways, uh, we have a great yeah. song yeah. here for great. you in Room 7609. Um, for Sean's the, birthday? Before the great debate comes up. Yes, it's Sean's birthday, so we have a special guest here. Mr. Uh, Mr. Dave um, Hubbard from uh, The Butchery, which you can find at, uh, at thebutcherysl.com. He has the finest quality products there, and he's also looking for some help selling them to the good people who have come to depend on him for the finest in meats, uh, high-quality groceries, delicious desserts. They are hiring. You can go to thebutcherysl.com or call 248 682 2697. That's 248682 cows. They are closed Monday and Tuesday, but every other day they want you there working at a good wage. You can get tips. And I imagine every once in a while, you know, you can take home some prime meats, um, which is what I advise everybody else to do. So, uh, so Dave, thanks for joining us. I understand you brought a surprise for our birthday boy. I did. I did. Ml, thank you. Yes, we're we're uh, hiring. Maybe fifty-five and, spankings. And we try we try to we try to pay well. Uh, it's a really fun environment. We got a staff of two, my wife and I. So, um, you won't have to get used to many people when you come and join us. But we do have something very special for uh, Sean's birthday. I uh, went in this morning and I, I had a bunch of uh, prime ribeye, so I chopped it up. I uh, threw it on the flat top, and I put it on a bun and made a nice sandwich, oh. and I put a little onion on there, and I got, so I got, I made some uh, fresh tortilla chips, too, and oh. uh, some salsa. Oh, so oh thought, my goodness. These tortilla chips are insane. Yeah. Now, do you sell these at yeah, the store, Dave? We do. Oh. We sell the tortilla chips at the store. Look at those. We have a, a so you don't need bag. to give those to Sean, fresh because salsa. he can go buy some. You got to oh. share We also have <laughs> yeah. some uh, packaged salsa or some uh, prepackaged stuff that we sell at the store, some cherry salsa and some uh, apple salsa, different stuff. You make your packaged. own salsa here, right? Yeah, cool. we Obviously, also have it packaged dumb question, my fault. Um, and we sell that, too. Um, so we got a couple of those. Salsa. Yeah, go ahead and make a friend. I'll pass out some sandwiches. Sound effect. Thank you very much. This is uh, awesome and unexpected. So this oh, week, look at this. because it's Sean's birthday, I was going to play Happy Birthday by the Altered Images, a great Scottish new wave band. I'm so but, glad you took a bite of something before you started talking. But because I don't want to give Sean everything he deserves for his birthday, we're going to play another tune from Altered Images called Don't Talk to Me About Love. While I'm eating. Oh, I deserve nothing. <laughs> don't Talk to Me What? He's, he's choking his food down. About love. Thank you. 
What a fury of people stuffing their faces with food while that song played. What a spread. My goodness. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. I, I actually Unbelievable, hate, Dave. I hate those chips because I'll eat a whole bag and afterwards I'll just feel shame, but they're so good and so salty and crispy oh, and delicious. flaky. And Butcherysl.com. Ooh, delicious. Yeah, the butchers. And if you go work there... Dave might even show you how to make them, or maybe when he's not looking, you can sneak one. So, uh, but I don't encourage thievery. But that was Altered Images, who were fronted by a woman named Claire Grogan. Now, this is kind of both a, a deep cut for New Wave fans, but also for fans of the movies of Bill Forsyth. She starred in a movie called Gregory's Girl that was really big in the early 80s, and it, it's about a, less very, you've seen. a very awkward... Um, I believe Glaswegian, who is really hot for this young girl on his uh, soccer team. She's such a good soccer player. She plays with the boys, and he tries to get fixed up with her. And the movie basically goes through him being led by one girl to another girl to another girl. When he thinks he's going to meet the girl of his dreams, he actually ends up meeting Claire Grogan, who in the end turns out to be... Greggy's girl, and of course, they hit it off and fall madly in love. But they're a great band, a band, big Susie and the Banshee fans who came together, put together a few albums. You probably have heard I Could Be Happy. That was a tune they had that made some, uh, that made some waves. Um, their happy birthday tune, occasionally you hear that when people want to play something a little different, which is why we didn't play that, both because why should we and because we know that we'll upset Sean if we don't play the obvious thing. No, I never get upset. Hey, it's his birthday. Be nice to him. Well, we, we got him fed. So, um, <laughs> That's all he cares about. And they also had a, a song <laughs> that came out um, that was uh, uh, unfortunate in the timing. Um, the Smiths had a song that came out that um, in their last album that had an unfortunate crossover with current events. Uh, There's a lyric and it said... Uh, uh, I, I fell down on the crossbar and the pain was enough to make a small ball Buddhist reflect and plan a mass murder. That came out right after, around the same time that there was a, uh, a mass murder. So that was unfortunate. Oops. Um, the, uh, the, Wait a second, uh, we're eating shaved prime rim or chopped up and homemade hey, chips. Hey, you're talking about mass murder? talking about the well, Smiths, I man. I didn't, I didn't say he flayed somebody. This wasn't uh, Silence of the Lambs. But uh, the unfortunate uh, music Carpaccio. meets reality... Hits. Uh, I have a great story about Carpaccio, but we'll sure save it for do. another time. Good job, uh, Sean. Happened in a small town in France. Anyway, Good the job. unfortunate confluence of music and current events that struck altered images was their song Dead Pop Stars came out right around the time John Lennon was killed. So mm. it was. Uh, it's not a bad song, but it didn't quite get the radio airplay you would have expected. So that's Altered Images and our birthday tribute to Sean that doesn't involve playing Happy Birthday. Thank you very much. So, And thank you, Dave. Happy birthday what a great surprise. to him. Mm. I don't mm. care. Delicious. So, uh, so there you go. Jam-packed show. Just want to catch you up on a couple of things. We have no donors this week. Uh, that's an unfortunate situation, Mark. How do people... Donate. MLSolidetroit.com, little donate button, smash it away. And uh, we still have lots of great gear. I know you're thinking, boy, they. I, I hope they sold out all their masks and gaiters because we're never going to be wearing those again. Well, we didn't, and yes, you are. So go get our great swag at DrewAndMikeStore.com. You can get hoodies, long sleeve T-shirts, beanies, trucker hats, keychains, hockey jerseys, all kinds of cool stuff. And yes, the grooviest masks and gaiters you will ever see. 
It's been a little while since we had some feedback uh, because we've been busy with guest hosts and elections and things like that and trying to catch up. We do have a, uh, as Mike Clark might have said, a full bag, so let us work <laughs> through that. Todd writes, congratulations on advancing to the city council election finals. With the well-documented ongoing failures at DTE at the studio and across the area, it's a great week for the dams. Wait for blackout. I know they're rightly thought of as more of a punk band, but you use a broad enough definition of new wave that this can probably qualify. <laughs> Plus, they're British, so another opportunity to piss Sean off. That is so, a very broad definition. Happy birthday I love from, the Brits. from Todd. And, of course, uh, Dave was struck by the power outage at the butchery, so... Oh. Uh, so yet another victim of our unreliable electric grid. Hopefully this how, how infrastructure bill will pass Congress and we can get some help fixing this stuff. How long were you without power? Two weeks, two weeks ago was uh, about 28 hours. So how much inventory did you lose? That was, that was, we won't talk about that. And then yesterday was about <laughs> four hours and we just tossed a couple grand worth of stuff this morning. But yeah, the other one was a massive insurance claim that we're... Who knows what oh, Nice infrastructure, DT. Yeah, th this food wasn't... Yeah, this, this was good, good meat, right? <laughs> no, not <laughs> enough. Okay, okay. I, I, I'll eat scraps. I'll eat okay. spoiled and scraps. It, kombucha, what is that stuff that spoils in the dirt and they feed it to people? I don't want any of that stuff. Only the highest quality <laughs> products. Uh, Sean knows about it. He had someone he was stealing a moped <laughs> in, uh, in Saigon. Yes, uh, um, Tokyo. Yes, uh, Lana. He is paying attention. Lana lashes out. Did you see... Under a story detailing approximately 850,000 residents lost power this week, MLive reports we can all try to apply for a measly $25 utility credit. How much meat, dairy, juice, and other perishable foods are in the average Michigander's fridge? We eat like birds and don't stock much, but we easily lost $300 in food alone. I did see that, and here's the bad news, Lana. Your power must be out continuously for 120 hours. What a joke. To qualify for that measly... $25. I, and I really, I and mean, you don't have to comment, but to me, this screams like a political stunt, like they're doing something. Why don't you maybe look forward and make sure they trim trees and fix infrastructure so we don't lose power again? 25 bucks and you have to be out for 120 hours? And as she pointed out, what's, what's that cup? Where's that 25 bucks cover? It just makes it look like Nestle's doing something or making them be held accountable to the errors of their grid. Well, this has been around... It's uh, I, think, I think it's something the Public Utility Commission approved. But yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's they're it's, patting themselves on the back to make it look like they're doing something. It's such a pittance that it's more insulting exactly. than, than offering us yeah. nothing at all. Uh, Veronica verbalizes, Dear Michael, congratulations on making it through the primary. Did you immediately pick up any endorsements from your primary challengers and or any of their bigger endorsements? Thanks, well, sir. certainly. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You saw about, well, she sent this in the lawyer. Tucson. I'm assuming UAW City Workers Union, City Police Union, Detroit Teachers Union, and of course Mike Duggan are sought after endorsements. Uh, most of those are sought after. We have quite a few of them, and we are hoping to get more. With the latter, does Mike Duggan summon you to the Manugin Mansion and interview before granting <laughs> his blessing? No. And shoot us straight. How much coin do you reckon you need to make this happen and pull out the W? That's, a, that's an interesting... God bless Veronica and David. Well, uh, sadly, I figure it's going to cost uh, somewhere around $100,000. And if you'd like to help, you can make a donation at ml4detroit.com. Because There's Veronica and David, with your help... Smooth plug. We will get that You're W. such a politician. Also, now. if you'd like to volunteer, we really need the bodies more than we need the money. So uh, if you want to walk with us... Make some phone calls, send some postcards. You can sign up there too at ml4detroit.com. Walk with the Lord. Finally, <laughs> catching up. Yeah, don't choke on that. There, <laughs> That's what I was laughing at. Yeah. 
That's God's will. Um, finally, catching up on an old email. Now. Look at him. He's trying to kill that man on his Kristen, birthday. Received on the oh. eve of the primary. She says, hi, ML. I just wanted to wish you the best of luck in the election. I hope you go all the way. I truly believe you would fight for the people and their needs and not be swayed by any bribe or bullshit like that. And if you can put up with Sean, you can. No, she didn't say that last part. <laughs> Take care. And Alex opined on primary day. Praying for you. Right. Thank you, sir. Whatever um, works. Uh, I just plugged shamelessly the uh, campaign website, ML for Detroit. If you want to follow us on social media, we're making news every day on Facebook and Twitter at ML number four Detroit. Please follow us and share. I was going to ask what Sean is up to, but it looks like he's up to his wrist with that sandwich in the back of his neck. Well, no, make him answer now when his mouth's oh. full. Oh. <laughs> Cyrus, take us out. I was going to say football. How about that? <laughs> just got back from Vegas. There you go. Is that quick enough? I thought I got it in there. I thought I got it in there. Okay. That quick enough there. Make go. him talk more while he has food in his mouth. It's great. Yes, Sean, and I understand you're <laughs> quite the talented whistler. Fiercely chewing. Can you oh, favor us with sitting by the dock of the bay? I can't whistle at With all. Your mouth? <laughs> but no, that was no. a setup so you could whistle. No, no. <laughs> it's always a setup for yourself. It's a no, beautiful I, that, thing. That was an invitation for you to spray bits of prime meat all over my oh. face, so I'm glad you didn't take me up on it. You grew up and you played catch with yourself, didn't you? <laughs> I did throw the ball on the roof a lot. And did you ever notice if you got that ball right on the edge of a step, it would just launch out at an incredibly uh, uh, hard and high trajectory? No, because I had friends. <laughs> they had, and they had mitts. Anyway, but if you do sorry. it by yourself, you're always no, the best I had no it. friends at all. Sometimes it's lonely to be the only one who really knows. I know. I had no friends at all. So just want to thank all our guests today. Uh, Jason Weber, author of Purple Bananas, August, August Gitschlag, the mastermind behind Magnum 8, brought to you by? Bacardi. Bacardi. Okay, Thanks. I missed that. Thanks. And, uh, and of course, uh, Dave Hubbard, a sponsor of the show, a caterer to the show, and a guy who is putting a big smile on Sean's face, which it, it, isn't easy because the self-loathing sometimes is on there as thick as horse. And radish. he's a supporter of our college athlete. No, the self-loathing okay. is deep. Damn it. Not okay. on the face. Uh, yes, and of course, he, he supports our name and image likeness athlete, uh, Kalina Niece, who will be going back to Michigan State. We will be following her her rowing career throughout this, the season, and we will be hearing from her before this is all over. Um, all our other sponsors, of course, uh, we appreciate them, and we hope that you can make it to the Cadu Cafe for the first ever Muscle Beach Music Festival, Thursday, September 2nd through Monday, September 6th. Uh, if you got some time on your hand, there's that Drew and Mike podcast. It's pretty good. And of course, the Charlie LaDuff No BS News Hour, all brought to you by our friends here at the Red Shovel Network. And it's been a long day, a lot to talk about, a lot to listen to. Please like, share the podcast. And there's only one thing left to say. Cyrus, would you please allow me to eat this delicious sandwich? Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? As ML Mark Sean. And their companions hurtle through space, bound for an obscure star, hidden away in an endless cosmos. We wish them Godspeed. A journey that started in the frozen, sterile wastes of one world will terminate, we trust, on the less barren, welcoming soil of another, where they can build an exciting, fresh new world by profiting from some of the mistakes of this one. <laughs>